0: Hey, this is Pastor Chris. Welcome to worship. I am praying that God speaks to you today in a way that helps you overcome the struggles that you face. You're listening to this because other people are giving to Grace Atamwa. If you have never given to Grace, but you want others to experience hope, you can do so today at graceatomwa.org slash give. And I hope to see you this week in our Facebook group where we dive in deeper together. If you haven't joined in yet, go to Facebook and search for Grace Atamwa church online. Now prepare your heart for today's message. God wants to speak to you. What questions would you be afraid to ask in church? I don't know what your experience was like. I don't know what church has meant to you, but some places in my journey, it felt like the correct answer was just to say yes to whatever the pastor or the church or the teacher was saying was what we were supposed to believe, and to not ask hard questions, to not express our doubts. The funny thing, though, is that everyone has them. When I led youth ministry, middle school and high school students, we had something we did about once a month called "Why ya talk Bawada. You don't have to learn how to spell it or how to say it, but what was, was an acronym, what you always wanted to know, but were too afraid to ask. And all of the youth would take these strips of paper and write their questions on and fold them up tight so no one could see and they'd put them in a box and we'd pull them out and we just talked about them. And sometimes I had an answer and sometimes I didn't have an answer, And sometimes the best thing was to explore scripture together and say, well, some Christians are looking at it this way, and some of them are looking at it that way. I'm curious what messages you've received regarding how God responds to your questions and your doubts. Because today we're looking at the story of Doubting Thomas. Today's scripture reading comes from John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors, because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And when the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. They breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. Thomas, the one called Didymus, one of the twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he replied, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my fingers in the wounds left by the nails, and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. After eight days, his disciples were again in a house, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. Then Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. No more disbelief. Believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, My Lord and my God. Jesus replied, Do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. Then Jesus did many other miracles in his disciples' presence. Signs that aren't recorded in this scroll. But these things are recorded so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and that believing you will have life in his name. This story begins while it's still Easter Sunday. That afternoon, the disciples of Jesus are huddled up in a room together. They've got the doors closed. They've got bars on them. They're keeping themselves safe because they know just a few days ago, their teacher was executed. And they don't want that kind of thing to happen to them. And they're afraid. And now they have a report from some of them that, that Jesus might be alive. They're not quite sure what does this mean And then Jesus appears in their midst, doesn't even need to open the door, and comes in and shows them his hands and shows them his side, and they believe. And Thomas, one of the 12, the 12 disciples of Jesus, he isn't there. He's not there at all. He, maybe he was out doing errands. Maybe he was getting supplies for the group. We don't know, but we know he wasn't there. And when he gets back, the others say to him, we've seen the Lord. We saw Jesus. You weren't believing. He says, you're right. I don't believe it. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, I see them for myself. Unless I put my fingers in the wounds left by the nails and put my hands into his side, I won't believe. It's not that he doesn't trust his friends. It's not that they don't tell him about it. It's just that he wanted to see for himself. And not only see, he wanted to go a step further than just see what they've seen. He wanted to touch it. He wanted to feel with his own hands. That this wasn't just some ghost that appeared through the room. That this was really the resurrected Jesus come back to life. And for that, in a lot of churches, we look at this story and we say, oh, there's Doubting Thomas. We make that his adjective, that that's his name, because he had questions, because he was skeptical, because he wanted more proof. People got kind of hard on him. But I wonder if people might be too tough on him. In fact, I wonder if part of the reason we're tough on Thomas it's because we have issues with our own doubts and our own questions. Maybe we feel ashamed when we have questions about our faith. You may have heard people say, well, this is what my church says, so I believe it. Or the Bible says it, I read it, so now I'm going to believe it. But my concern is when we do that, and maybe Thomas' concern too, it keeps us from studying Scripture. It keeps us from diving deeper. It keeps us from actually seeking out the truth from Jesus. We say, well, I heard it. I don't need to look any further. But God never calls us to turn off our minds when we enter our faith. In fact, I tell you, questions aren't the enemy of faith look at the story that of what happens in john chapter 20 with the different disciples who come to believe in jesus the first one is mary magdalene mary magdalene comes to the tomb she doesn't see jesus she just sees that the tomb's empty she thinks someone stole the body until she sees jesus and then she believes and then there's the disciple who jesus loves like a brother And he doesn't believe until he sees the empty grave clothes. And then there's all of the disciples locked up in that upper room. Scared stiff. And they don't believe until they see. And Jesus shows him his scars. So now Thomas gets this reputation for doubting. When all he wants is a chance to see just like everyone else. We all have questions in our faith, every one of us. And some of us have questions about things that are about the essential of the faith. Who is Jesus? Did he really die on the cross? What does it mean for you? Did he really rise from the dead? Is he actually the Son of God? And some of these are essential questions that any of those... Beliefs about Jesus aren't true. It completely alters the Christian faith. But then there's other questions that we have. Lots of them. There are opinions where one person thinks this way and another person thinks that way. And there are churches that will say, if you don't think about it just like us, you're not one of us. There are churches who will look at and say, well, this is what the pastor says, and if you have a different opinion, you need to go somewhere else. There are places where someone might go to worship. And they'd be told, if you don't agree with us on these things, then you're not a Christian. When it isn't about the core of who Jesus is, I would tell you that misses the point. There's going to be opinions. If we're using our brains. But then there's the essentials. And in this case, Thomas, he's actually questioning an essential of what was to become the Christian faith. The faith that we hold to. The faith we celebrate every Easter. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Thomas says, I won't believe it until you give me the proof I'm looking for. How did it affect Thomas's relationships when he had questions, when he had doubts? In our culture today, there's a mentality that you should only be around people who think like you, only listen to the news sources that you agree with, only talk to people who have the same perspective. We get ourselves into these echo chambers. People will unfriend people from Facebook because they have a different opinion about things. But that's not what happens to Thomas. When Thomas, doubting Thomas, expresses his doubts, what happens? He doesn't leave. He doesn't say, well, I'm gonna go find like-minded people. And the other disciples, his friends, they don't turn their backs on him. They welcome him. They don't say, you have to pick a side and pick it now. They don't shame him for being in a different place on the journey. Instead, they're in that upper room together. And together, that's when Jesus appears. The doors are locked again. Thomas is there. And Jesus comes in and stands among them and says again to them, Peace be with you. Jesus doesn't throw some kind of hissy fit. Thomas, how dare you doubt? Thomas, you should have believed. Thomas, they told you I rose from the dead. Why didn't you believe them? Thomas, what kind of disciple are you anyway? It's none of that. And Jesus doesn't give Thomas the silent treatment. No. What Jesus does is he reveals the truth. So many of us, we think that if we express our doubts and our concerns and our faith, then since that's like we're rejecting God and then God's going to reject us. And so we're so silent about them. But silence is the last thing we should be. We shouldn't be silent when we have questions. So Thomas expressed his doubt. He said, this is the proof I need. And what did Jesus do? When it really mattered, when it's on the essentials of the faith, Jesus did not leave Thomas in his doubt. Thomas was honestly, genuinely seeking the truth, and Jesus came and gave the truth. And in my experience, that's exactly what I see Jesus do over and over again when it really matters. Jesus doesn't leave me in my doubts. I've had times in my journey where I said, God, are you really there? Jesus... Does your death on the cross really mean something to me? Or am I just believing a story, a fable, a fairy tale? And in those moments, I have to tell you, Jesus didn't leave me in my doubts. Jesus is the one who says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. And I'll be the first to tell you, I'll get answers to every question I ask God. I ask God lots of questions. and God doesn't answer a lot of them. But when it really counts, when I say, Jesus, I need help believing in you, would you help me out here? Jesus gives me what I need. In fact, looking at the story of Thomas and Jesus, Jesus desires to give proof. So if you need proof about something to Jesus, I'm just going to tell you, ask for it. I've talked to people who they've lost a loved one, and they say, God, I just need proof that my loved one's okay. That's a funny thing. They get the sign that they need. So if you have questions for God, ask them. Ask them of God. Ask them to the people around you. Doubt is not the enemy of faith. We get that mixed up. It's like people think, I either have to have faith or have doubts. No. Have faith and have your doubts. Carry them together. But you know what you can't have alongside faith? Silence. You can't really have faith while keeping quiet about your doubts. If you have doubts, you have to talk about them. You have to express them. You have to work them out. Remember when the disciples saw Thomas... The disciples saw Thomas and told him, Jesus came. He was here with us. We've seen the Lord, they said. But Thomas said, unless I see the marks in his hands and put his fingers in the wounds, I'm not going to believe. The scriptures don't say, Thomas just kept his questions to himself. It doesn't say, the disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. And Thomas says, hmm, that's interesting. I'll think about that. You guys are crazy. No, he tells them, I'm not going to believe until I see proof. How audacious is that? Jesus, I want proof that you're here. Jesus, I want proof that you're alive. Jesus, I want proof that this faith that I'm hearing about is not just made up. It's not just a fairy tale. It's audacious to say that. And yet, how honest. Will you be that honest with Jesus? You can tell that Thomas really wanted to know the truth. You can tell because when he got the proof that he was asking for, he actually believed. When he got that proof, Jesus stared in front of him and says, Thomas, give me your hand. Place it right here. Do you feel this? Thomas, I wonder what was his tone like? Was he whispering, my Lord, my God. Was he shouting? My Lord, my God! What did he say? How did it feel? When God gives us the proof that we need, it hits us. And there's limits to proof. Jesus even says to Thomas, you believe now because you see me. But happier those who don't see and yet they still believe. Because at some point, for all of us, we have to say we've gotten all the proof that we're going to and we've gotten the proof that we need. It's not everything. Not all of my questions have been answered. I have a lot of questions. I've even thought about making a list of questions to bring with me up to heaven. But I think to myself, when I get there, I'll finally understand it anyway. But at some point we have to say, I've gotten the proof that I'm going to get and now I just have to decide... How am I going to move forward? Can I believe with what I've been given? I can tell you, as myself, as Chris Childs, I can tell you I have never seen Jesus with my own eyes. I have never felt the nail holes in his hands. But I felt Jesus. I've experienced Jesus with me when I needed it. I've experienced Jesus with me when I've slowed down enough to pay attention. I was talking with my three-year-old and it's it's so fun and exciting and difficult and challenging to explain faith to a three-year-old. Sometimes they get better than we do. My wife and I were telling our daughter that Jesus is with you every day and she says in her three-year-old brilliance, but I can't see him. And we told her what we've been telling her, Jesus is in your heart. And it's, it's a hard thing to explain that to a three-year-old who sees the world very literally and thinks, bum, 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 boom like, Jesus is in my heart. Can I get the stethoscope? I got a toy one. I want to listen. Can I hear Jesus? Right? And yet, she still gets it. That Jesus is there and a way beyond what she can see. Because when we say Jesus is in your heart, she gets this biggest grin And this look of peace on our face that says it's all going to be okay. Truly, Jesus is the one that makes it okay. Scripture tells us that Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence. Signs that aren't recorded in this scroll called the book of John. I believe, as myself, Part of the reason I believe in Jesus is the testimony of the disciples of Jesus who wrote this thing down. The next verse says this, these things are written down for this reason, so that you will believe. And believe what? So you'll believe Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and that by believing you will have life in his name. This is the reason that the book of John was written. So that even though you and I, we can't touch Jesus' marks for ourselves, so that you and I can believe that Jesus is the one, the Messiah, the Christ, those are Greek and Hebrew terms, we might just say, Jesus is the one who can fix what's broken, that Jesus is God's son, that through Jesus, through believing in Jesus, you and I, We can have life to the fullest now and for eternity. So keep seeking. If you doubt that Jesus is who he says he is, keep seeking. If you doubt that the teachings that you've heard in church are true, keep seeking. If you doubt that a powerful and loving God would allow evil like we've seen in this world, keep seeking. If you doubt that God could love you, keep seeking. If you doubt that Jesus' death on the cross is for you, then keep on seeking. And I promise you that those who seek, find.